0: hey ding dongs
1: welcome back to the good play a podcast normally about nbc's the good place my name is brianna and with me on the line she may seem a bit confused but baby she's got me pegged it's my sister marissa especially bart (laughs) but especially
0: Especially Lisa.
1: We're all right. We're mixing (laughs) a little bit, genres a little bit.
0: I went on to YouTube. I was like, surely, surely someone has done the thing where they've taken dialogue from Frasier and had Sideshow Bob be the one talking and it doesn't exist. I find that unacceptable. I know. One guy kind of tried to do it with the theme song, but didn't make any effort to actually sync anything up. And I was like... This is just shoddy workmanship.
1: Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Listeners, you know what to do. Make that happen. Yes. While The Good Place is on hiatus, we are looking at other shows that are related to The Good Place in some way. Uh, In August, we had decided against Fan Fiction Month, thankfully. And instead, we're watching other NBC Thursday night shows. So we're calling this Thursdays of Future Past. And last week, we did Friends... And apparently our Friends episode got a lot of downloads, so thank you. and <laughs> For reasons sticking, that
0: are baffling to me.
1: <laughs> I mean, we hope that you... If you came for Friends, we hope that you're okay that we didn't love Friends, and we hope that you're sticking around for a show that we like better, I would say. Frasier? Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we like... Fr- so uh, this week we're doing Frasier, which is on Netflix, uh, before we get into the recaps, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. If you can, rate, us, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be lovely. Uh, you can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group at The Good Play, Twitter, at The Good Play Pod. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. So I don't know what to do with all these tossed salads and scrambled eggs, Marissa. <laughs>
0: we should mention that you and I watched kind of an inordinate amount of Frasier as children. Yes, we did. It
1: It was was like on
0: syndication when we were, I don't know, maybe like I was 12 and you were eight or something, maybe. So we spent a lot of time watching. So here's, here's, here's honestly all I remembered from Frasier when I was a child. Frazier was constantly being like, oh, let's get dinner at, you know, Le Chandelier Luminescent, and I'll pick you up at eight. And I would always be like, eight (laughs) o'clock. They don't get picked up for dinner until eight o'clock? They're eating so late. How do they even do that? (laughs) Because, like, we were children, and we were eating dinner at six.
1: Yeah, because our bedtime was eight (laughs) o'clock. Right. (laughs) Like, exotic to stay up past, like,
0: 8.30. <laughs> that That's one of the only things I remember from watching Frasier as a kid. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember the characters.
1: Yeah. I should also, I also want to say up front, just as we watched a lot of Frasier, my best friend Meg, who I often reference on this show, I have referenced her before with Marvel movies and that kind of thing. Frasier is her favorite show of all time it's just her favorite show. She's my age, so it's not like she, you know, <laughs> watched it originally It's a little weird. So, she <laughs> So, she watched it on syndication too. What I if I remember correctly, cuz I asked her about it once because it like seems like such a interesting mismatch to me, but she said that she's sort of always had like trouble sleeping and so she would watch it late nights on syndication and like it was just on in an hour block and she finds it to this day very very comforting she says it's like the. i asked her today actually because i was like we're we're recording our fraser episode she's the one who recommended some of the episodes that we watched because all three of the
0: episodes that we watched yeah
1: yeah because i was like i've gotta i've gotta get her opinion and she sent me like Eight eight or ten episodes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're gonna watch. <laughs> we're we 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 a them. little
0: time <laughs> restrained,
1: okay? I'm we're just you know, I'm just one one woman. I asked her today and she said it's basically the comfort food of TV. Like she
0: just And I that's I kind think of how it's I feel the about comfort it. Comfort food of TV if you're an over educated white coastal elite. <laughs> right? Maybe.
1: I mean, it speaks
0: to, I mean, arguably some of the stuff in here you legit maybe need a graduate degree to understand, but like, (laughs) but there's just a lot of stuff in here that is not necessarily comprehensible to the average American. And that's not an insult to the intelligence of the average American. There's just stuff in here that there's no reason for you to know what they're talking about, but those of us who are in the culture of the sort of like coastal white upper middle class, it's sort of something that we know about and, and it does feel very like, Oh, like, yeah, that I know that. Maybe. You know, like the I very mean, fact, our, our very first episode that we watched was called my coffee with Niles, which is a reference to my dinner with Andre, which is like a pretentious art house movie that, Nobody has actually seen unless they're a film studies major. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Okay, so I did know that. But the reason that I know that is because, like, you know, I've never even seen it, but I'm aware of it. And I'm aware of it because it's, like, part of our culture. And, like, that's why it's comforting to me is because it's familiar. If I were of another race or if I lived in another part of the country or if I were... If I hadn't gone to, you know, college, then I don't think it would be comfort food.
1: Well, I find it comforting for a different reason. And I think that's because the whole show is basically like low stakes, comical misunderstandings. Like nothing. It's not stressful. It's not a stressful television show to watch. Like whether or not you understand all the cultural references, like I don't really know opera. I don't really know wine. I don't really know, you know, some of the psychiatry references they make or whatever, but I do know that, you know, whatever happens is going to be kind of a frivolous thing and for the most part, and you're going to have some comical misunderstanding that gets resolved and like somebody gets egg on their face and then it's all fine at the end. And I think that's more of what I'm talking about when I say I find it comforting because it's not this like, you know, there are some episodes that are serialized, but for the most part it's like sort of the misunderstanding of the week, the way that like the X-Files would have a monster of the week. And (laughs) the misunderstanding of the week is not like, oh gosh, how am I going to like pay my bills or Someone's in the hospital or like somebody got kidnapped. The misunderstanding of the week is like, well, Niles got an invitation to join this exclusive club, but then Roz puts down (laughs) Fraser's name for the same opening. What are they gonna do? Like that's the kind and you're like, okay, this doesn't matter. So I think that's the kind of thing. Right, it's it's like the trials and tribulations of
0: very rich people. So even like Spoiler alert! I, I watched a little forward from the last episodes that we watched. So we watched the closer mm-hmm. of season seven. I watched the opener of season eight, mm-hmm. and in the opener of season eight, someone th- says he's going to sue Fraser, and even and Fraser's like upset by this. But as a viewer, you're like, it's fine, right? Even if he does, <laughs> and I think it, what, what ends up later is that this guy drops the lawsuit. But you're sitting there like frazier has got money to burn, right? Like, if this guy sues him, it's not exactly... He's also got the money to hire a lawyer, right? Like, it's gonna be okay. It's like they have the insulation of, like, class privilege and socioeconomic privilege and racial privilege and, like, everything that happens to them, like, it's gonna be fine.
1: That's what I mean, I think. Yeah. You know, whereas I think some other shows... There is, and I, and I'm not saying that I never want to be challenged, but like I don't watch Frasier to be challenged. I watch it because,
0: and yeah, we're all permitted to have media that we ingest because it is comforting and and unchallenging, right? Right, right. Certainly, we have we all we have had a books like conversation
1: that. around Parks and Rec.
0: Right. That's what that was for you, right? Like that's what kind yeah. of what that show is for you. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So I am. I am. I've got my- I usually have Meg in my head just normally because, you know, I miss her all the time. But, like, she's, you know, perched on my shoulder whispering into my ear about Fraser
0: as we do this episode. So I hope I do her proud. Is she kind of, like, humming the slap bass? Like <laughs> in your head while you she's sing the <laughs> toss salad and scrambled eggs part. She's
1: like she's doing the little animation of like the space noodle at the beginning, at the very beginning. <laughs> you know they like change that every season. Yeah. So shall we get into the
0: recaps? Right. So we watched the season finale of season one and the season finale of season seven, which it was pretty interesting to compare and contrast that many seasons apart. I think it's actually, it turned out to be one of the longer running sitcoms like ever, funny enough. It had like something like that. Yeah, which is kind of nuts when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, NBC did run those Thursday night shows into the ground. (laughs) No two ways about it. So the season one closer, which is called My Coffee with Niles, which is, like I said, the reference to My Dinner with Andre, fraser and niles meet at their like coffee hangout which is near fraser's radio station called Cafe nervosa which i guess is a reference to caffeine in some way Uh, i don't know i don't know know. i'm sure if i had a graduate degree in neuroscience it would make sense to me (laughs) And uh, Fraser says, "You know, it's been exactly a year since I moved to Seattle from Boston. Which I get, do. They say that it's because it's to move in with their father.
1: Um, I actually don't remember from the pilot, but I, I think I think it's about. I think it is about Martin.
0: It's kind of well, weird when you think about it because, oh, because Martin, Niles is right he, there.
1: He has a hip problem. Yeah. Well, part of the." Right sort of beginning of the show was that like Niles really didn't want to take Martin in. And then that's why in this episode, he says like, you know, I thought I was getting away with something when you came home and, and took in dad. But now I see like, you guys have gotten a lot closer than
0: I am. Mm. I I think I missed that line. So they order coffee and Frazier apologetically says he forgot to order decaf and the, At this point, patient waitress takes back. They can't get a table. They move outside. Niles asks Fraser if he's happy. And Fraser's like, hmm, well, are you happy? And Niles is like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not happy. Like, I'm, he's like, I guess I'm kind of content or whatever. But, you know, I have a house, a beautiful wife, a career, but I'm not sure if I've, like, lost my way in psychiatry. And Fraser says something. And Niles just, like, cuts him down of, like, basically calling his radio show, like, 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 the McDonald's of psychiatry or something. Yeah. Like, he just, he's very dismissive of the radio show.
1: Yeah, that's Which a is, common theme.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's understandable, right? Like, a call-in radio advice show is not therapy, and you don't have to be a psychiatrist. You don't have to have a medical degree to do that job. But man, Niles is nasty about it. And he, I think he kind of said something, I think Fraser said something to Niles about like, oh, it's, well, it's nice to have Maris's money or something. And Niles is like, well, that was a delightful bonus. And it's just like, oh, that's the rationale for the two of them be- being married. I never really realized that that Niles basically is, uh, or Maris is Niles' sugar mama, <laughs> basically.
1: And it's not like Niles, it, you know, isn't well off. Although, you know, I I get the sense that she's much more wealthy like a lot of Yeah, the, I mean I was
0: I was you know hearing Niles talk about you know he he there's like the opening gag is him on the phone with Maris about how he has to like walk her through their mansion like she gets yeah. lost in the mansion and he has to walk her on the on the cellular phone back to yeah. A different part. And then he's talking about his $400 shoes or whatever. And I was like, is this guy like Betsy DeVos rich? <laughs> like, yes. Or is he, he somewhere is. further down the scale? <laughs> I'm not clear. <laughs> like how many yachts are we talking? A lot of yachts. Many, many yachts. So Niles keeps trying to get Frazier to answer the question. Like, are you happy? Raj shows up and she thinks she's going to be on a date. And then eventually it comes out that the date is actually just trying to proselytize to her as like a new guy at the radio station. At some point Fraser gets his coffee again and Fraser's like, "Oh, wait, I'm watching my, you know, I'm watching my fat intake. I need low-fat milk." And the waitress is like, "Uh-huh." And takes it back. And Fraser starts telling Niles that their father has been very irritable lately. And the their father, you know, John Mahoney Martin, shows up with Daphne and uh, Martin is super cranky, like way more cranky than usual. He's got Eddie with him and pretends that Eddie is a service animal, which is deeply unethical, but nobody cares. It's like played for laughs. Yes. Uh, Fraser sends back his coffee a third time because there's cinnamon on the foam, which, okay. <laughs> Martin and Fraser get into a bigger fight, and Daphne is talking, uh, after Martin storms out, Daphne's like, Martin has been, like, in a real mood, like a real, real mood. And Niles says something says some sort of double entendre to daphne and fraser's like niles but like daphne doesn't even realize it yeah. and she she heads out i think he says something like i'd like to have my tongue in your ear or something
1: no no so she says um he says uh they're talking about umbrellas and he says don't forget your bumper shoot. And she says, I'm glad someone appreciates my mother tongue. And he says, like, I certainly do or something like that. I certainly No, he says, I tongue. like to
0: have your tongue in my ear or something, right? Oh,
1: is that what he says?
0: Yeah. I, I made it less gross in my mind. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Good try, though. So then Niles and Fraser sort of start to psychoanalyze their dad. Like, why is he so cranky? And of course, they're making it more complicated than it turns out to be. Uh, Frazier asks about getting his coffee, and the waitress hilariously is like, we have a team of specialists working on it, which is something. (laughs) I feel like Frazier would never go back to that coffee shop if he actually got that kind of lip there, but whatever. Frazier asks Niles if he's in love with Daphne. Is this like the first time they talk about it on the show? Because it really feels like it.
1: I don't know, actually. I'll have to call in our resident Frazier expert. After this, and and do like a follow up, but it, it might be
0: the way that Niles reacts is as though he's never had to talk about it out loud before.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And he says, you know, basically, yeah, I I have a thing for Daphne, but I'm I'm married to Maris, and that's that. And he's like, it's not like I can just have an affair with Daphne. And Frazier's like, no, you can't. And Niles is like, dang it, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I think I missed... I did miss... I, I missed this. I apologize. When Roz's date comes in, Niles oh, yeah. makes I a remark... Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I w- yeah. Niles makes a remark about the guy being handsome and then says, like, well, what does that say about me? And Frasier says kind of sarcastically, like, it makes you a gay man, Niles. I guess, let's say for discussion, like, the sexuality of Frasier and Niles. Yep. Niles keeps trying to get out of... Frasier, an answer to the question, are you happy? But Martin comes back to apologize and says, hey, it was my birthday on Sunday and everybody forgot. And they are all, Niles at first starts to cover like, and it's your party right now. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, we legitimately forgot. And we're sorry. And we'll take you out to dinner. So again, like low key misunderstanding patched over. So <laughs> okay. immediately, Immediately. Yeah. Yep. Daphne comes back. She leaves with Niles and Martin. Uh, Frazier's alone. The waitress comes back with her, with his coffee and says, you know, are you happy? And Frazier's like, yes. In the greater scheme of things, I'd say I am.
1: That's a pretty good Frazier.
0: And thank you. And then it's like, hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. <laughs> and cetera, then the singer is
1: that he he takes a sip of it and he ends up not liking it.
0: Yeah. Which, forget it, man. This is like your yeah. fifth coffee. Just drink it. <laughs> Toss salads and scrambled eggs.
1: Do we know what that song is about or means,
0: or is it just. I, didn't Did... I mention this last week when, when I sang it last week? <laughs> that no, our I mom. Don't know. Cl- really? I, I, I'm almost sure that I covered this. Our mom claims it's about bachelorhood. Oh. That, like, toss salads and scrambled eggs are the sort of food that you eat when you are living alone. I guess if you're, like, slightly fancy and living alone. (laughs) Because I know if you're living alone, you're living on smart food popcorn and, uh, you know, individually wrapped Dove chocolates.
1: You uh, might be laughing, but uh, I have, like, a bag of, like, individually wrapped Reese's on the couch next to me currently, (laughs) so. (laughs) My theme song would be like, uh, I hear the blues are calling. (laughs) Uh (laughs) A whole bag of Reese's cups, like that's mercy. Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, oh, that's but that's an interesting. I didn't really put that together, but that's an interesting way. Well,
0: also, at. mom might just be. You know what I mean? Like sometimes mom just makes things up. Well, she's a mental health professional too. I trust her. Yeah, yeah she's in their she's in their field, so <laughs> yeah. she she knows them quite well. <laughs> Although she doesn't have a an MD, no. I, but like, what does the rest of the song mean? You know, maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. Uh. I
1: don't know what to do with those tossed salad and scrambled eggs. I guess
0: scrambled it's about eggs. dating as a bat as an older bachelor. I don't know, man. I mean, scrambled I don't know.
1: eggs all over my face kind of just feels like eggs on your face, right? Like a misunderstanding. Like you're embarrassed about something. You got yeah. I face.
0: did feel slightly, slightly uncomfortable. So I, I listened to Kelsey Grammer sing this, like, six times or something. And he does it differently a lot of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: he just does very... I don't know if they, prior to the pilot, pulled him into a studio and said, hey, sing this a hundred times, and then just kind they, of mixed and they matched. just, like, give him a few shots and, like, see what comes out of his
1: mouth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like- but, like, I was slightly uncomfortable. I felt that in some of his renditions of this, he was kind of, like, putting on, like, a quote-unquote black voice. He was kind of trying to do, like, a stereotypical kind of jazz singery kind of voice, and it made me a little bit squirmy. I didn't care for it. Mm, it d- not it. all the time, but there are, there are particular lines that he says. I'm just like, what is that? Like, you're... You're a white guy. Like, let's just own that person. fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He may in fact be he, in, except when he plays Beast, and then he's the bluest person.
1: Yes. <laughs> Should we get to something borrowed and something blue?
0: Yeah. Speaking of blue, barred.
1: someone blue. Oh yeah, someone. Blue. Oh, I didn't even pick
0: up on that. Oh my goodness. What? Right. So this is the two. I, someone blue. I didn't pick up on oh, that. Yeah. I didn't read it closely enough. This is the two-part season seven finale. Oh, I really don't want to step through every single plot twist of this because there's a lot.
1: I don't think you have to.
0: Yeah, so I'd say the main points are, you know, that their their doorman has died and left Martin and Fraser and uh, this extremely valuable bottle of wine from World War II, and this wine is sort of a like a plot point that persists through both episodes. Daphne's brother. Simon is hanging around. Apparently he was a recurring character. I would like to take this moment to register my extreme displeasure that Daphne has, she's supposed to have a Mancunian accent. My ear, she has more like a Lancashire accent and her brother has a Cockney accent which is as though a British television show had a, had a main character who was American from Boston who went around all the time. I parked the car in Harvard Yard. And then their brother came and visited and the brother was like, I do declare I'm from America. I, I, this, this is my home country here in America. Like same country, <laughs> vastly different accents from vastly different parts of the country. You
1: might be the only one listening to this. No! About if that.
0: you go to the Daphne Moon Wikipedia page, there is a section called Accent.
1: Oh, my God. You're not the only one. That's worse. That's worse than you're not <laughs> the only one who cares about this.
0: <laughs> Sorry, guys. <sighs> I really All like right. listening... Sorry. <laughs> I really like watching the Anglophonia YouTube video where the woman walks through all the accents of uh, the British Isles.
1: I know you've made me watch it several times.
0: Well, then you should have been on top of this.
1: <laughs> Daphne's getting married. That's the bigger point, is that Daphne is getting married to a guy named Donnie.
0: Right. This guy who's like a lawyer who maybe like worked at the radio station or something. No, 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 no. He was Niles's divorce lawyer from Maris. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Uh, Wikia okay. told me.
1: That's awkward given what happens. Right.
0: So also Niles is with this woman called Mel who is pretty unbearable. She's like a worse female version of Niles, I guess. Yeah, she's <laughs> is that, like Is that accurate? She's not
1: she's not outright terrible, but she's just like she's like people on in Niles' family like tolerate her. She's not great at
0: best. Yeah. Yeah. So he's all sort of in the flush of new love with Mel, allegedly. But Daphne heard from Fraser while he was high on back pain medication that Niles has feelings for her. And now she's realizing that she has feelings for him, too. And they're in, in like, the last days leading up to her wedding. And so, and Daphne is kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And and Frazier's like, you know, you should be out in the open. You should, you should... Be honest. Honestly, I have to admit, like, I think Fraser's advice in these episodes is pretty good. I think he doesn't steer anybody wrong. Like...
1: Yeah, I I think so, too. I mean, this is... I, I know I usually talk about in shows where there's, like, sort of a, an unrequited or, like, a potentially requited thing. And people just keep their mouths shut the entire time. And I'm like, just say how you feel. Like, this is an instance where, like, he... He gives that advice and I appreciated that, you know, he wasn't, I I mean, I think this show went a very long time, obviously, up until, so this is the end of season seven to get them together, actually. So
0: yeah, we'll, we'll that's... touch on that later.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually think Fraser's advice is pretty good.
0: Yeah. So, I think Daphne has kind of made up her mind to say something, but then Niles and Mel come back from, like, an overnight or a weekend at, like, a cabin, and they reveal that they actually have eloped while they were gone, which is and, insane. Yeah, and
1: Niles credits Fraser because the the whole thing about this bottle of wine that we... Kind of, we'll touch on a little bit more because that's the reason. That's the reason we watch this episode, these episodes. <laughs> Heck yes, um, it is. Um, is that you know when they get the bottle of wine, Roz is there and she says, "Oh, the poor guy. He probably waited his whole life for you know an occasion special enough to open this bottle of wine." And so, Fraser kind of uses that as a springboard to tell Niles, "Like life is short, and if you've if you really." don't have feelings for Daphne anymore, then like you should commit to Mel because like, you know, that's a good thing to do if she makes you happy. And so Niles. He doesn't kind of mean take, go elope. Right. He doesn't mean go elope. He just means like, you know, be a little bit more sure of yourself. But Niles takes it, you know, that much further, probably because Daphne's getting married. Right?
0: Yeah. So, that sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah. So Daphne finds out about the elopement, and she's pretty heartbroken, and that's kind of the end of the episode. The next episode, which is the last in Season 7, is spent entirely at the wedding site, which is some sort of, like, nice little sort of rural cottage inn kind of place. Like a B&B. Yeah. So... Frasier apologizes to Daphne about Niles. You know, like, I'm so sorry this happened. And she's like, don't worry. Like, I'm totally over him. I just have cold feet. It's just normal. And she somehow had the bottle of... I guess guess Martin gave her the bottle of wine. And now she's giving it to Frasier to basically be like, look, we're not wine people. I know you're a wine snob. Like, here, have this really important bottle of wine. And Frasier's, like, super psyched about it. Daphne's mom arrives. And she's obviously a woman from London, which is another you know, piece of discontinuity. <laughs> and and she's incredibly awful, which has been hinted at, I think, the entire series. Like, every time Daphne yeah. talks on the phone to her, it's awful. And so, you know, Martin and, and Frazier have, like, a real talk about all this sort of like crossed threads of romance or whatever. And and I was really impressed by this scene of like Martin obviously just like loves his kids and loves Daphne, you know, she they've been with uh, she's been with them in the in the apartment for such a long time as his physical therapist, like that he loves her sort of like a daughter. And yeah that he just wants the best for all of these like crazy kids that he loves. And he's just kind of trying to kind of see a way out of the mess. And I was like, you know, he's, he can be really cranky and difficult, but at the end of the day, like he's a really loving father. And I really, I really like this character a lot.
1: I love Martin. I think he's great.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about John Mahoney, the wonderful yes! John Mahoney. Later, In my John
1: Mahoney appreciation corner. <laughs>
0: So, Frasier wants to meddle more, and Martin's like, don't, you know, don't put yourself in the middle of this.
1: Well, usually, what I found interesting about this one was that he usually says to Frazier, don't get involved. That's, like, pretty much his advice in every single episode is, this is usually <laughs> what happens, okay? Something happens oh, yeah. you, that you, Frasier... You've watched
0: a lot more Frasier a lot more recently yeah. than I have.
1: This is usually the the what happens, is that Frasier, like sees something that he's either tangentially involved in or not involved in at all. And he wants to get involved because he likes drama. He's a a messy bench who loves drama. He is. (laughs) And Martin usually says, don't say anything. Shut your mouth. Don't get involved. It's not your place. Just cool out and stay out of it. Frasier usually doesn't listen. And then something goes wrong. And Martin says, I told you so. But at the end of the episode, everything's usually fine. Right? Because (laughs) it's comfort food TV. But this time, what I thought was interesting was he says, you've got two marriages on the line. So before you get involved, you better know what you're doing or like you better know that you're doing the right. thing."
0: Yes. So he's not good. I
1: found that an interesting distinction because he wasn't saying don't say anything, which he is not shy about saying to Frazier. He's saying, be careful. If if you are going to get involved, you have to be really careful.
0: I think that Martin recognizes that Mel is not good for Niles. Niles really loves Daphne. And, you know, he is going to put his own kid's happiness above other things, even above his kid's marriage. So, you know, deep down, he probably wants Daphne and Niles to be together. And if that's what Daphne wants. And so, you know, he's not going to tell Fraser like, stay out of it. And, in fact, in the next scene, there's some dancing, and there's, like, a brief interlude where Daphne and Niles get to dance together, and Fraser is watching them like a hawk. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And so Fraser's like, I've had it! I mean, like, right, he's, he's, like, 30 seconds out from his dad's advice, basically, of, like, you better, yeah. like, really watch your step. And he's like, I will not watch my step! <laughs> right? And he, he takes he takes Niles aside and he's like, "Look, Daphne knows that you have feelings for her." And by the way, every time someone asks him how how Daphne knows he, he likes, he blames Ross. He blames Ross. It's it's pretty it's a pretty funny like nod to how bad Frazier's ego is, <laughs> and and he's like, and Daphne has feelings for you too. And Niles is like, "Oh boy," so. There's all this, like, it's just like a parade of people coming through all, like, all these rooms are connected to each other. It seemed like the most horrific bed and breakfast I've ever seen. Like, I've stayed in some bed and breakfasts. Generally, your room does not serve as the portal to other people's rooms.
1: (laughs) So, funny story, for your wedding, I don't know if you remember this, for your wedding, Marissa, um, the original... I mean, I remember my wedding. (laughs) I know you remember your wedding, but I don't know if you remember this particular detail. The original room set up had mom and dad's room connected to my room like by an inside door, like you didn't have to go outside. And mom barged in my room like three separate occasions without knocking. And so then I locked the door so that she couldn't get in and, and unless she knocked. And she starts, like, banging on the door. I'm like, Mom, what? And she's like, well, somebody locked it. I couldn't get through. And I was like, maybe that was me, and maybe she's taking a hit.
0: Quote-unquote somebody. You were staying in the room by yourself. Or, or like, she she, she this and somebody locked her, like,
1: it was locked. She wasn't, like, she didn't take a moment to be like, why would this door be locked? Could it be that my younger daughter wants some privacy? No, definitely not. So, like, while I was watching this, I was like, you know, some
0: people might think this is outlandish, but uh, I've been through it. So, I mean, thankfully, in but my, it wasn't. Case, it it was, was just multiple. Me. It was not like these two rooms are connected, which is like quasi standard. It was like this yeah. one room was like the antechamber for every other room.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like you had a they had a suite. That was connected to a whole bunch of other, like that. If that had been like the sitting room that was connected to a whole bunch of other rooms, I would have believed that a little bit more. But there were beds. In yeah, there, but so it, it I had a bed in
0: it. Up. I think. It, That's you what know, I mean. So I
1: so anyway. <laughs> anyway.
0: So people just keep barging in, but like eventually, Jaffney and Niles go out in the balcony where they can be alone. And I kept being like, if somebody barges into this balcony, I'm going to throw my phone across the room. But nobody does.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the, so, so at this point. Um, in between people interrupting them, he says, like, Frasier just talked to me, and she she gets mad, and she's like, I told him to keep it a secret, and he's like, I'm glad he told me because I love you. And then people barge in, so they go out to And okay. he's like, I love
0: you, and I will leave my wife in a heartbeat. Just say the word.
1: Yeah, that is intense.
0: I mean, they've been married for, like, th- two days, so
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, not, it's a little less awful than but that Daphne's statement point, might usually I, be.
1: I kind of agree with Daphne in a way. So when they're out on the balcony, she basically says, like, we haven't even been on a date. We have no idea how we'd
0: be. Yeah. There. Yeah, I mean, she's right in a... I found myself, like, half agreeing with her. But the other half of me was like... I mean, I think that if people are friends for a very long time, then they have a pretty good sense of how they're going to be together. It's yeah. not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but... It's not as if they've admired each other from afar for a long time. I mean, they've been in and out of each other's business all day long. In and out of each other's (laughs)
1: houses (laughs) and each other's property.
0: That's actually probably true. That is a deep Monty Python cut, (laughs) y'all. I I think that, you know, they can be reasonably certain how a relationship between them would go. It would be like their friendship with an added physical component, right? That's usually how these things go. Yeah, I speak from some experience, right? My, my husband was my friend before he was my boyfriend. So they go out, so they finally go onto the balcony after Niles has like made all these declarations, and he just starts sort of like filling the silence with chatter, being like, "I smell jasmine, or uh, those orange blossoms. I don't know. Like you're so beautiful. Hey, it's a it's a great night." And she's just like, "Oh my god, shut up!" And she goes over and kisses him. I was very thankful that the studio audience didn't do that obnoxious thing where they go woo, woo! whatever like cuz I was like that's can we not and they didn't. And they kiss for a little while and then Daphne's like I can't I can't I can't like I'm getting married you're married I can't and she leaves. And, and her point oh yeah, is also he does like say,
1: Donnie's a good guy too. It's not like
0: she Yeah, he does a terrible seem person. to Yeah, I mean he seems to be although I have to admit like in the next season what he does is so you know, spoiler alert, they don't get married. Um, in the next season, he sues Daphne and Frasier. <laughs> he sues Daphne for breach of contract, which is kind of gross. And he, su- uh, he sues Fraser for tortious inf- interference, um, which is normally something... So, like, if you got a new job and... You were at your job, and then your former employer like called your current employer and said like, actually, your new employee is a terrible person, and here's all this stuff, and you got fired. Like that would be tortious interference by your old employer. Mm. To to have for him to sue Fraser for tortious interference for telling Daphne that Niles liked him is like,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just gross. I mean, it's just gross behavior. So I was like, he's a, he's a good guy, kind of. He's a good guy with limits, apparently. Yeah. So it's the, it's the morning of the ceremony. Niles is like sadly sitting in the Winnebago by himself. Oh, by the way, Martin has a Winnebago. <laughs> Simon's hey, been where like do they living keep in that
1: it. in Seattle. I don't
0: know. Oh, they have a they have a parking garage. Like, come on. <laughs> they're they're incredibly wealthy. They have a there's a parking <laughs> garage in the building, and they have a couple spaces apparently. So it's the morning of the ceremony. Niles is hiding in the Winnebago from like everybody and everything. And Martin and Fraser come in, and they're so sweet to him. They really are. Yeah. They're just like, we thought you might want some company. I know it's hard. And Niles is like, yeah, I don't know. And they're like, hey, look, we, you know, we, we brought this wine, this like super fancy, expensive old wine. And I was like, no, no, no. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, this is, we decided like, we're going to have this wine now. And they pour it out and they each have a drink and they realize that it has turned to vinegar because the deceased doorman kept it like in a near a heating vent or something
1: in a boiler room
0: boiler room. Right. And I do remember watching this for the first time. I don't know how old I was like 14 or something and being like, Oh, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Like being so proud of myself. Like now watching it, I'm like, Oh no, they like, spell this out with Klieg lights in the sky but like (laughs) at the time I was so proud of myself like it's a metaphor for how like Niles and Daphne waited too long (laughs) like that it's not just about like oh the older something is the better like you it's possible to wait too long so it's a metaphor
1: (laughs) that's that's ladies and gentlemen listening that's why we watch these episodes
0: so Marissa can it's a metaphor I was like Meg Meg, which is the one about the wine that turns to vinegar, Meg. And it turned out to be, like, a very important, uh, like, c- canon episode. Yeah, yeah. So after they're all like, yeah, we're not going to drink this, uh, Fraser and Martin leave Niles sort of to be by himself. I, I think they assume at this point he's kind of just going to skip the ceremony. Yeah. And then Daffy comes in in her wedding dress and she's like, hey, you want to go on that date now? And he's like, uh, yeah, I do." And he like starts the Winnebago, and they drive off. Uh, although you find out in the season eight opener that they don't actually drive off; they like get to the end of the driveway and then they turn around. Also, the actress who plays Daphne gets pregnant in between season seven and eight. <laughs> and oh, I didn't know that. It's so distracting. <laughs> she she like she starts the season in like, oh, I'm just kind of depressed, and I'm wearing like my baggy depressive clothes. I'm depressed about the fact that, like, you know, I broke up my wedding or whatever. And mm-hmm. then it definitely gets to the point of, like, oh, I'm holding a shawl in front of my stomach. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm sitting so that you can't see me, the like, the bo- bottom half of me below this table or whatever.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: I think, unfortunately, the way that they ultimately deal with that is they say that she's getting fat because of mental health issues and they send her off to fat camp so that she can like what? finish being pregnant and have the yeah <laughs> so they can so she can finish being pregnant and have the baby like in real life she's like gone away to fat camp which is um, not great
1: uh, i mean they have to a lot of shows have to negotiate around this and i'm always interested in like how they do it like on new girl i mean they, dana uh, scully
0: is the best right she is right. abducted by aliens who inflate <laughs> her stomach <laughs>
1: Not quite as dramatic, but on New Girl, they um, they sequester Jess on a jury while she's pregnant. Oh, that's so funny. Like, so she's, like, on this really high-profile case, and she can't talk to anybody. So they, like, say, like, oh, you're sequestered, and they put her up in a hotel and stuff. And so she's, like, not around any of them. So they have to, like, find a new roommate. <laughs> so, like, Jess, the, the titular character, like, isn't in a whole bunch of episodes because she's, <laughs> she's pregnant.
0: I mean, Olivia Phoebe, Benson, as we saw, like...
1: The one yeah, who plays Phoebe right.
0: is, uh, they actually just make her pregnant on the show, which I think is yeah. probably the best way to deal with these things, generally speaking.
1: Yeah. I wonder why they wouldn't have done that with Daphne. Just be like...
0: Yeah, it's a good question. It feels like, just fast forward in time, like, six months, and yeah. say that Niles and Daphne have been together for six months, and then it's like, oh my god, oh my god, she's pregnant, like, what do we do? You know? Like, yeah. you don't have to blindly adhere to, like, linear time, necessarily.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's it. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor. So do we want to get to discussion, the discussion section? Absolutely. Can I start with my John Mahoney appreciation
0: corner? A hundred percent.
1: He actually didn't start acting until like later in his life. Wow. which I, I think have no idea. Which I think is great. And yeah, I just love him. I think I think I probably saw him first in Frasier because we used to, as we... Yeah, we were down, young. We used to yeah. watch that on syndication. But other things I love him in, Moonstruck. He he does a great job of playing like, the he creepy professor.
0: is unbelievable in Moonstruck. I mean, he's just such a gem in that movie. And that movie is full of wonderful performances. Moonstruck is a yes. great movie. But a lot of the performances are more showy. Like, certainly Nick Cage's performance is very showy. (laughs) Yes. And Cher's performance is very showy.
1: To say that Nick Cage's performance is showy is, like, it's an understatement.
0: (laughs) I mean, like, it really is. But John Mahoney has this one scene with Olympia Dukakis, and it is such, like, a wonderful encapsulation of, of like a lot of the thesis of the movie and he is just so exquisite in it like RIP John Mahoney you know you were a treasure I know
1: I know say anything is also probably the biggest Oh
0: god of course
1: yeah say anything as the father I'm incarcerated does. Lloyd I was just about to say that like he yeah. does <laughs> such a wonderful job in that movie of like so he plays i mean Moonstruck a
0: basically he's... unsympathetic character
1: unsympathetic characters or... You know, you do have some sympathy for the father in Say Anything at certain points, right? He's trying to hold before, on to the Before
0: girl. you realize that he actually has been embezzling from his elderly yeah. patients, like you, you think... People. You think he's just, like, a really good dad who kind of got caught up in, in some weirdo thing, but then it turns out, like, oh, no, he really... He really screwed the pooch.
1: Yeah, and he's... And he's sort of doing this desperate scramble to make sure that like he can hold on to his daughter and like, but it's also very clear from the way that the movie is written that like, she feels much more comfortable with her father than her mother. You know, you have like that one scene with her mom, uh, where her mom's just sort of like very formal and that kind of thing. And, and she has and the whole, really... and the whole
0: scene with her, her mom is shot to make it look initially as though they're sitting very far apart when they're actually sitting very close together. It's very good cinematography.
1: Yeah. And so like, that's, that's a role that I think you just like need a lot of range and a lot of nuance to be able to play well. And I, he did such a wonderful job. And then he also had a bit part in the American president that I forgot about that I loved. He's a, uh, oh, I
0: didn't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Sidney he's, he's uh, Allen Sid- Wade's boss.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I need, I need a pit bull, not a prom queen. So even that, right? Like not always the most sympathetic character, but he does it really well. I liked I him. Just... I,
0: I I like that character though. Like I ultimately, I'm you know, I feel like yeah. he's he's doing the Lord's work.
1: Yeah, I mean, he works for like a lobbying, like a environmental lobby, right? So right, you know he's he's trying to do he's trying to do good in the world, even if he's being a little hard with her. So I just. Wanted to point those out. I, he he did a what lot. What was his more than line that? in that
0: movie about an egg timer? <sighs> I'm gonna Google it.
1: Like she's on the front page of the newspaper, and he says something like, "Better get my egg timer," because he has this whole speech about how like you can you can clock it with an egg timer, like the time it takes for you to become. To, like, go from someone who has a good reputation to ruining your reputation, like, you can clock it with oh, yeah, an egg timer. Oh, yeah, there's never an egg
0: timer around when you need one. Yeah. The time it takes for you to go from a hired gun to a cocktail party joke can be clocked with an egg timer, and then later he says there's never an egg timer around when you need one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so oh for, Such yeah. a good
1: movie. I know. Can we do that movie? It's <laughs> just too late. Like...
0: I, look, yes. I,
1: I, yeah, I love it. I don't <laughs> yeah, think like, of
0: it except... <laughs> You're like, like, we'll Look, think of okay. an excuse. Yes, we can. <laughs> I bet you're like
1: very much like, no, we have planning. to do plan. <laughs> we'd have to do
0: it as part of a month. Like maybe we'd do this, the American president and Dave, and what other movies are about like presidents um,
1: Air Force that are One? not like.
0: No, I was about to say that aren't like Air Force One or something. <laughs>
1: But I just love. I just think John Mahoney is a wonderful you mean? Actor. I'm talking
0: about rom coms featuring an uh, the leader of the <laughs> oh, free the, world. Oh, Where's, um, where are all the other ones?
1: <laughs> love Actually, I hate, but it's not about America.
0: No, but and the no, I'm not doing Minister Love Actually. So
1: that, I know. Ugh, I don't know. We'll 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 do some research.
0: <laughs> we'll yeah, come back to it.
1: But yeah, I just thought it was... I, I, I just think...
0: Oh, by the uh, way, John Mahoney's character's name in uh, The American President is Leo.
1: Leo. That's right. <laughs> because Leo.
0: Aaron Sorkin has a bank of about seven first names that he can give characters. <laughs>
1: he just uses them all.
0: One of them is Danny. One of them is Leo.
1: Yes. I actually did... I started a new job recently, and my first day... When I was walking up to the office, I was like, "I want to savor the Capra esque quality of this." Remember that whole scene, where like at the beginning when she's coming to the, oh, uh, yeah, she's coming to the White House and, and she's oh, and the security guard's like, "Yeah, I know who Frank guard. Capra is." Like, because <laughs> uh, what's her what's her face from Just Shoot Me is like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't know who Frank Capra is. And then the security guard gets that really nice line: "Sydney Allen Wade of Virginia, welcome to the White House." Anyway.
0: Oh, such a good movie. <laughs> it's great. Have we just veered into <laughs> back, the back to <laughs> Fraser? Back, back to, to Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> so salad mean, and scrambled eggs.
1: I just mean John Mahoney has has graced us with some really really great performances. And and I also think in Frasier he he gets to have some range too, because there are some episodes where he's really heartfelt, and there are other episodes where he's just like the cranky one, right? Like I think he, over the time he's sort of allowed to have some more nuance, which is nice. Cause I think at the beginning, it's just like, Oh, look at this like working class dad as a foil to these like two kids okay. that he doesn't know what to do with.
0: Okay. This is exactly the question that was bubbling in my head the whole time. So I realized their mother was a psychiatrist, right? Or was she yeah. a, she's a biologist yeah. or she's a neuroscience. Okay. She's psychiatrist. a psychiatrist. How, how, how when, did they happen? How, where, when, what? Yes. How did they how?
1: happen? I think it's their. I think the implication is that it's their mom. They're like their mom.
0: No, but how did the mom and the dad even meet?
1: Oh, I I just watched an episode about this before we before oh, we. Oh, thank God! Please give me some the four one one TV. So he was a detective. And she was a psychiatrist who was sometimes consulted on cases. So they met at a crime scene. Ooh. I mean, you know, so he was the detective working the case. And apparently she was called in to do, uh, it was a murder. And apparently she was called in to do like a psychological profile of the murder suspect.
0: Oh, so she was like Mulder on the X-Files.
1: Kind of. I mean, but for like regular murders. (laughs) Not not for <laughs> not for alien
0: not creatures. for liver stealers. Okay,
1: <laughs> right. Not for like the the Jersey Devil or whatever that episode was.
0: Don't so, dismiss yeah. the Jersey Devil.
1: I, I you know I love the X Files, <laughs> so that's how they met. And I think that that actually George... makes
0: sense because I was like, I don't know what the universe is where these two ever even run into each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they had to say something like that because I think most people would be like, well, how did you? And I think the point is that like she, you know, was much more refined and he was much more like blue collar, but they loved each other. And so they made it work. And then after she passed away, like he sort so of how, left to...
0: How much prior to the first season does the mom die? I actually don't know. Okay. I think it's been a while though. Hmm. Okay. So we we haven't got into this yet, but I think our last topic of discussion has to be the sexuality of the Crane Brothers.
1: <laughs> Oof, all right. Yeah. So I think
0: delicate. most <laughs> my, most modern commentators on Frasier say that it is a show about two closeted gay men who are trying to play straight for the world. I don't know how fair that is. But I will say that when Niles and Daphne finally kiss, that my thought was less, hooray, the ship has sailed, and more like, oh, that can't be pleasant for David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I mean, so David Hyde He's probably not enjoying this. David Hyde Pierce in real life is gay. Now, you right. ha- there have been other shows where gay actors have played straight and done it very convincingly. I am thinking of Neil Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother was like, the sure. horn dog on that show and had uh relations with just about every woman who came on screen like that was the point of his character and he actually played straight pretty well david hyde pierce doesn't as much ironically i think he does a better job of playing straight in um
0: when american, american summer, summer
1: than <laughs> yeah. he does on this show <laughs>
0: My favorite line of his in that movie is so profane that I can't even obscure what it is to say it on this podcast.
1: Leave it to your imagination, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree that that his choices in Frasier, I'm not sure if he was going for upper-class snob and just happened to hit super gay, or if it was a conscious choice on his part of like, I think I'm going to kind of play this character, you know, kind of gay.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that kind of goes back to what you had mentioned about the first episode that we watched about when he sees Roz's date and he says, wow, that guy's really attractive. What does that say about me? And Fraser sort of dryly, I you know, says, as almost as a joke, like, that makes you a gay man, Niles. I was like, are we, is this supposed to be, are we supposed to read anything into this or are we just you know, supposed to take this as it is as a joke, or is there, something, I also wonder to tell us something.
0: Well, I will also wonder if it was a response to maybe like contemporary criticism, like, because it was a huge network show at the time, right? It was in the most popular networks, most popular night. And I wonder if there were like contemporaneous, Think pieces or reviews or something, being like, "Well, Niles is obviously gay," and da 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 da, da. And I wonder if that oh, was maybe. kind of like a snide attempt by the writers to kind of like thumb their noses at that kind of criticism.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe that's uh, that's actually I could see that happening. I could. See Where that is the of...
0: oral history of Fraser that we so desperately need?
1: I think Meg could write it. I think <laughs> Meg could go out and find all these people. Yeah, I mean, and I believe Kelsey Grammer in real life is straight.
0: Oh, um, he's extremely straight. He is... Like a philanderer, kind of. He, like, yeah, he's a philanderer, and I would say toxically masculine as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Which is, is kind of very a
0: much... Yeah, it is. This is very much a character that he puts on.
1: Yeah. So, but... I can sort of understand why people watching it would sort of look at the two of them and be like, Hmm. Okay. This is, this is,
0: there are some choices being made here. Yeah. It does sort of raise questions about like, you know, can someone have, can a man have appreciation for things like fine dining and opera and whatever else and art say, You know, and not be necessarily labeled as effeminate. Those are considered sort of like effeminate (sighs) interests, pursuits. And I don't think that's a good thing. On the other hand, I don't think that the labeling of Niles as a character who appears to be gay is necessarily all that tied in with his interests, per se. It really is kind of his sort of just way of being in the world that his
1: mannerisms
0: yeah that that read as queer and you know if they did a frasier reboot i think it would be be interesting to actually tackle that i mean god knows every other show in the world's getting rebooted right networks <laughs> like the easy money they rebooted will and grace to horrible effect and it got like emmy nominations so they get to do whatever they want basically but if they resurrected Fraser, i would hope that they would actually tackle that head-on by maybe niles coming to terms with the fact that i mean on the other hand like the niles daphne relationship is like the one romantic relationship that actually matters in the whole series
1: yeah that's sort of the other thing is that Frasier is a unique show in that way in the sense that Frasier as the main character like usually we are following the main character's pursuit to love or you know the main character's romantic relationships and Frasier has some but like you know they're really they're usually pretty short-lived and it is mostly about him being a bachelor and like he goes on some dates I, I mean maybe towards the end of the series I think he meets somebody but like you know it's a lot he's a lot more defined by his failed marriage and his bachelorhood and his sort of like false starts with relationships rather than like, you know, this sort of unrequited thing that he has for someone. Like usually I, I, I think this I'm, I'm going, I'm doing a very roundabout way of saying like when we talked, I, I think a few weeks ago about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, maybe I mentioned this, like there are, there is usually a show usually on a show you have like the A romance that has to have a lot of ups and downs while like the B romance gets to be really stable and like Mm -hmm. the B characters get to like have a normal, (laughs) like a normal courtship and a normal series of events while the A romance is going, will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they, won't they. Whereas in Frasier, the, there is no romance with the A character that really defines his character. Character other than his relationship with Lilith, which is I love BB Newirth so much. I wish yeah, I think we episode. wanted to do
0: a BB Newirth episode. We just didn't manage to do it, but yeah, she's so amazing.
1: She's hysterical. She's so funny. He's much more defined by that and his sort of figuring out what his life is post-divorce than he is a you know. So the death. I kind of Niles like that. I mean, I
0: think it's I like I it think it too. it's emotionally think it honest.
1: I like it too. I like it a lot. But I but I think that that probably means that if, if when this show first aired, when did it first air? 90-something?
0: Two, I think.
1: So 92, if you were going to say, okay, Niles is gay, we're not going to have a romance for Frasier that defines him, then you're really doing a network sitcom for 10 years that doesn't have any romance, because I, I don't think it, right. Or any straight relationships, because I don't think in 1992, they would have had an openly gay.
0: No, Ellen was the first sort of openly gay character on like a sort of a network sitcom. I realized Billy Crystal's role on soap was like the first actual gay character on TV, but that was a soap and it was different. This was a primetime sitcom. Ellen was the first, and I want to say that was, like, 96-ish. So we were not... I mean, it it sometimes is hard to remember how far we have come on gay rights in, like, the mere span of 25 years.
1: And gay representation. Um, Yes.
0: Because,
1: yeah, because you could have... I think if this show were being done now, and you had two brothers and one of them was kind of, like, going through a divorce and trying to find his way, and the other one was... Niles? Maybe start, And the other one was Niles and started out in the closet and through the course of the show came out and was allowed to, like, explore his sexuality in an honest way and, like, have ups and downs in relationships and met somebody and maybe was admiring somebody from afar while he was in the closet and then finally... Like, you could almost imagine if... Daphne were a male physical therapist right right like you could see that potentially happening that you know these guys realize that they love each other much later because like that would almost make more sense to me like they realize after they've yeah. been friends for years that they love each other in a different way because oh I'm gay and I just never really confronted that in myself <laughs> whereas this feels like you know a, a little bit different <laughs>
0: So I, this was, you know, you kind of said, like, if it were made today, I was kind of bandying around in my head, like, would this get made today? And I think I landed on a hard no. Like, it's, I, it wouldn't. It 100% wouldn't get made today. It's all these. I mean, the main characters are middle aged. They are like, as I said, like, quote unquote, coastal elites. They speak. Uh, a a dialect of English that is <laughs> comprehensible only to those of us who have received some higher education. I would say like this is a, this is arguably like a niche show and yes, somehow it was wildly popular and I'm not totally sure how that happened, but the idea that like a, a sitcom about a couple of middle-aged dudes and their Aging ailing father being like this major primetime network <laughs> sitcom is kind of insane. And so I realize that the only reason it exists is because it's a spin-off of cheers. Yeah. And certainly spin-offs that happen can have a little bit more of a wild premise when they start because you're assuming that you're gonna get like automatic audience buy-in from a certain portion of people who watch the original show. But like nobody would even dream of putting a show like this on one of the major networks during prime time. It's not, it's not even, and this wasn't that long ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like I definitely, it's like, <laughs> you think about network TV now, and then you think about the, the thought of being like Niles and, and Fraser thought they had tickets to the opera, but it turns out they don't. How are they going <laughs> to get into the opera? Like, that's the whole episode, <laughs> is the two of them standing outside the opera, like, hoping to score some tickets. Like, I've seen that episode. Uh, <laughs> like What opera that's... was it? Oh, I forgot. Mm. Like, they try to sneak in during the second act with all the smokers, or, like, they try to pretend that they, like, came with somebody else. And they're trying to, like, save face in front of people that, you know, they know who are snootier than them, and, like, that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, or... <sighs> I'm just trying to think of some other...
0: But, like, what What are network sitcoms now? Let's ignore the Will & Grace reboot, because I don't think reboots get to count in this. Like, like what are network sitcoms now? They're, like, young, hot folks doing stuff. Right? For the most part.
1: They are either young, hot folks doing stuff, or, I would say, families, and oftentimes non-traditional families. right? So, like... Modern family. Like
0: modern family, right?
1: Modern family. uh, Parenthood's not a sitcom, but it, you know, has some. Or like Gilmore Girls or. Gilmore Girls? That
0: is wildly out of date.
1: (laughs) But like, that's a non traditional family, right? Or um, not to say that families of color are non traditional. That's not what I mean, but families who.
0: Underrepresented.
1: Underrepresented, right? So blackish or fresh off the boat. So like it's either, but so it's either young hot kids doing stuff, young hot folks. Uh, doing Yeah, and stuff that means and like families.
0: New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and arguably The Good Place. Right, everybody on The Good Place is incredibly young and hot, except Ted Danson, and he's old and hot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so
1: like <laughs> you're not wrong. That's why I'm laughing like that. I mean.
0: Tahani yeah. Al Jamil, no. ladies and gentlemen, like the let's... most
1: gorgeous person. Yeah, in and I, and
0: and Jason, like let's just, like just take They're a moment to appreciate the gorgeousness. Right. So, uh, the the notion that like these two sort of like you know reasonably attractive, I guess, middle aged brothers, <laughs> <laughs> kind of swilling and an... wine and making you know funny puns about. <laughs>
1: the name of the French
0: philosopher or something. (laughs) It's it's just so out of step with what we do now. And it's just maybe, maybe the (sighs) nineties. I know I've said this on the podcast before, but like the past is another country.
1: Yeah. Even though we lived
0: it, the past is another country.
1: I, I just think, uh, I'm glad it was made, but, I I agree with you, I don't think it would I don't think it would get made today. It can it can have a second life on Netflix.
0: Yeah, it's funny which NBC shows actually made it onto Netflix and which made it and then got pulled off and which never made it. Like where's wings? You know what I mean? Where's wings?
1: You're the only one asking that. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it.
0: <laughs> wings? What are we doing next week?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I want to do, do Community.
0: I want to sure. do Community.
1: Sure. It does involve okay.
0: you spending some money, unfortunately.
1: Eh, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah, we can do Community.
0: I will, for you, I will pick the episodes that will make you the happiest.
1: I mean, I, I'm i not opposed to watching Community, so you don't have to, like, do me a
0: favor. No, I want you specifically to watch these episodes like, oh, these episodes were tailored for me.
1: Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Sounds good. So you'll tell me what those are then so I can buy them?
0: Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <No, okay>. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah, I will. Okay, cool.
1: So <sighs> any, any parting remarks for our Frasier episode?
0: You know what? If you're like stuck inside on a rainy Saturday... Put on a season of Frasier. Just have it on in the background while you like vacuum the house. You know what I mean? Like, it's very soothing. Open a
1: bottle of wine. Maybe have some, you know. Neither
0: you first. nor I drinks wine.
1: I'm, I'm not talking right? to you. I'm talking to the oh, sorry. Know, our, our people who are downloading this episode. What if our Frasier episode gets like mad downloads? People are like, finally a Frasier podcast. <laughs> like, what if there's a whole. <laughs> it's the scrambled eggs like, cast. i've got scrambled eggs all over my face well i hope you've enjoyed this listeners we certainly had fun watching
0: yes uh until next time well good night seattle
1: good night seattle we love you
0: (laughs) hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Frasier has left the building.
1: Oh, I didn't do an intro.
0: No, you didn't. I thought I figured you would wing it. We're recording, by the way.
1: Oh, we are. I (laughs) mean... Let me just take it from the last one.
0: Sorry. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are mm. calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. What do
1: you, What do you want your intro to be?
0: Boop-a-doop-a-doop. <laughs> maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe. But I got you, Peg. Ha-ha! <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs>
1: They're calling again. Are we? Are we actually recording? We are actually recording. Yes. (laughs) Good night, Seattle. We love you. All right. I'll, I'll do that at the end. That's a good one. Okay. There you go.